This is Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive in Life and Business. I'm your host, Rebecca Fleetwood-Hessian. Chapter 10, Your Money-Making Model. In every job, in every company, there is a money-making model. The fast food restaurant you flipped burgers at when you were 17, the lemonade stand you set up at age seven. There is a money-making model for the artist selling pieces on the street, the stockbroker on Wall Street, the architect, the doctor, the machinist, the graphic designer, the project manager. Every job is attached to a money-making model. In fact, even someone on public assistance is attached to a money-making model. We don't survive, let alone thrive, without money. What baffles me is that we don't teach basic business and these money-making models as a core skill as early as middle school. This education is just as important as reading and math. Business is actually a separate college major, but there isn't a career that doesn't rely on a money-making model. Church, school, nonprofits, industry, banking, healthcare, service, all rely on a pretty straightforward money-making formula as the foundation. Money comes in as sales or revenue, money goes out as costs or expenses, and what is left over is reinvested or distributed as profit. This is even true for running your own family household. That's the beginning of chapter 10 in my book, Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive as a Badass Career Woman. And key number two is money. You know, it just baffles me as I read because influence in your career and in your life comes from understanding more about the money-making model of your business so that you know how to impact it to increase your influence, to serve more customers or to serve more people inside your organization. Knowing the money-making model is our responsibility. Now, it's interesting when I, I love to just study the history of words, the etymology, the how it came to be when we use these words and money has an interesting history. You know, in the agricultural age, there was a lot of bartering. There was a lot of trading um, each other for the services that you provided or the products that you produced. And that was largely based on your gifts and talents. In fact, the farm was created as a shared food source. So everyone could work together in community so you showed up and you're like, hey, I make clothes. Cool. Hey, I grow corn. Great. Hey, I got cows. Hey, I know how to grow herbs for medicine. And everybody just kind of threw their stuff into the mix and you traded back and forth for what you needed. And the name of the game was survival. And then the industrial age came on and the idea was, hey, if we make more money, we'll have a greater quality of life, which in most situations, examples, you would say is very true, but it changed the game about money. Our business became more about control, measure, and optimize machining factories. And when you showed up for work in the industrial age in a factory, you did your one job, but you didn't always know how it impacted the bigger picture. 
the consequences if you didn't show up in the agricultural community where people died, it was bad. If you didn't show up in the industrial age model of the factory, you just didn't get paid, but you didn't really know your community connection. So money became a different mindset and I'm not sure it has served us all that well, because all of a sudden there were just a few people at the top of the organization who had control and understanding of the money-making model. And your job was just to show up and then every week or every two weeks or whatever the schedule is, somebody paid you for your service, your for your time, not even your service. They paid you for your time. So this time task and labor model took over and we stopped paying attention to the community and the ecosystem and how it all works together. And I think that's a tragedy. So I'm recommending <laughs> that if you want to take some of your power and influence and sense of well-being back to live a thriving life and understand how you impact the business and but badass, big, bold, beautiful ways, really pay the price to understand the money-making model of your business. And you don't need an MBA. You don't need a finance degree. The fact that a business degree and a finance degree are separate degrees. What? <laughs> Every single other degree has a money-making model. Why aren't we teaching the collective how it all works together? Sure, you've got examples where some teachers and people did that better than others, but as a general construct, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So here's what I think you could do to get a better understanding of the money-making model. Well, first of all, before I go there, so I'm a coach and a consultant and I work with people and sometimes executive teams, businesses. Um, I'm working on a project right now, helping an organization understand their money-making model and in, answer the question if their organization is designed appropriately for where they want to go as a business, their money-making model. We're doing a lot of diagnostic work right now. And their money-making model is interesting because it has come from a lot of different places over time. And that happens. You know, we grow and build and add new products and services or we buy companies. And now they're zooming out and looking at the bigger picture and trying to understand more about the ecosystem of the money-making model, how everything works together. And um, it's fascinating that we can get so busy with our heads down doing the work that we don't zoom out and ask ourselves these questions. And they're finding some surprises about their money-making model as they zoom out and look at it. Some holes in the bucket, if you will. And no matter how much another part of the business makes to try to counteract that, it, it, the math just doesn't add up. Not to mention the tax on the organization and people's time and energy and effort trying to keep up with this part of the business where there's a hole in the bucket. And it's just an interesting, I just, I love the puzzle building of organizations and how it all fits together and how one piece of the business impacts another. That's just a, a geek on that stuff. So one of the questions I always ask 
with my clients is what percentage of your team or your organization, depending on how big of a stewardship you have, knows the money-making model of the business and how their role fits into it. I could just conversationally tell you how, how it works. And the answer is typically below 50%. So that means that more than half of the organization comes to work every day, blindly doing a job, not really understanding how it impacts the overall biggest goal and intent is make this thing profitable so it has purpose. Our story, our company's story doesn't work well if it's not funded well. <laughs> and so knowing the money-making model is connected to company story and connected to your overall purpose. And it's just um, a miss in our evolution of business that I have full intention to spend as many days that God allows me to be on this planet, <laughs> helping to shift that so that we understand the collective of, of our story, our human needs, our purpose is connected to a money-making model. And it is a healthy, beautiful thing to see how they fit and connect together. And so as I'm helping the organizations do this, I said, you know, just make it a simple exercise. So you can do this too. Take out a piece of paper, open up a file on your computer. I don't care how you do it. And list all the ways that money comes into your organization. Sales, grants, fundraising, whatever it is for you. Just start listing them. Then in the next section down, list all the ways that money leaves your organization. Expenses, salaries, buildings, insurance, buying the materials to build your products, marketing benefits. The list is long, but I want you to do this exercise to get a greater understanding of the bigger picture of, of, your, of your business. And then at the last section, the bottom is what happens with what's left over? Is it redistributed into the organization to develop more products and services, R&D kind of stuff? Is it distributed as profit? As your, every organization is a little bit different. And wherever you don't know the answer, start getting curious, start asking questions and building your understanding of the bigger picture of the business, not just your role. Because your role can't have more influence until you know how it impacts the bigger picture. One of the metaphors that I use to help you understand this and when I'm working with clients is to think of your business as a relay track team. Okay. Work with me here. What's the most important aspect of a relay race for a track team? It's the handoff. So each leg of the race can have a fabulous runner, but unless they know how to connect and pass that baton, it's not going to go well. Business is the same way. It's not enough for us to be a great 
HR person or a great marketer or a great salesperson or whatever our leg of the race is, unless we know how the baton passes and how the work comes to us and how we pass the work to the next place. Because there are two consequences to a drop baton in a relay track race. One is you probably lose the race. And two is you lose some trust with that person that you were running with when the baton gets dropped. And so after a drop baton in a race, the track coach at practice the next day isn't going to be out having you run in hills and sprints. They're going to have you practicing the handoff. And so this exercise of looking at how the business is put together with how does money come in? How does it go out? What happens when it's left over is a, is a great way for you to be thinking bigger picture relay track. What happens when my part of the work gets passed over to the next department or how am I doing it? Understanding the organization or the, the part of the organization that sends me work and how we work together. Cause the organizational chart the little boxes around each of your departments can be destructive to create little fiefdoms that people want to just isolate and protect their team without looking at how it all fits together in the grand scheme of things. So take some time and think about that. What is the overall money-making model of the business and how am I working well with other departments? I think you'll learn some stuff about you about the organization and mostly what I want to happen as a result of you spending time thinking about these things is I want you to build confidence. I mean, we talk about the definition of badass is intense self-awareness that allows you to be more confident so that you can then have empathy and vulnerability to work with others. This is a part of the deal is, is understanding your money-making model of the business. So, you know, confidently, I know how to do my job, but I also know how it impacts the others. And then going out and building relationships with the other departments and the ma other managers and leaders. And we don't have to wait for the company strategy meeting to go talk to the other departments. We don't have to wait for permission to go and build relationships with other parts of the business to ask questions and just say, hey, how are things going in your world? What, what about my part of the business makes yours harder? And how can we work better together? You don't have to be the boss to answer those questions and ask those questions. Go out and get curious. Go out and build relationships across with your relay track team. You'll be surprised at how much confidence that builds. One of the things that I used to do every year when I worked with the Franklin Covey organization is I, in my sales role, I had a sales territory and some of the people that were a part of my relay track team were the people that went and delivered the work that I sold. We weren't on the same box in the org chart, but my success was dependent on working well with them and understanding their needs. And they were all very different as we are as humans. And at the end of the fiscal year, each, each year, I would write a little love letter to the consultants that delivered the work, thanking them. It wasn't a part of the 
performance plan and HR didn't assign it and nobody cared that I did it, but me and those consultants that I worked with. And I'd give little examples of things that went well in the year and how appreciative I was that they had gone above and beyond for me so many times and that I knew that my sales number could never be met without their contribution and their passion and dedication. And I would just send it to them and just say, thank you. I see you. I love you. I appreciate you. I get emotional (laughs) thinking about it because it made my work feel better to have that kind of relationship with somebody even outside of my box on the org chart. We were a team (laughs) and it mattered to both of us. We didn't care who our bosses were and anything else. It was about serving the clients and caring for each other. We can do that and we don't need permission to do it. And I hope you'll take this episode today and think about how you could do that, how you could reach out with some love and connection and think about your relay team. So that's my recommendation for today is understand your money-making model. Reach out to those that um, work in other parts of the organization and just see how you, you can work better together and throw love around like confetti if those other departments and see what happens. Hey, things like this, these little tips and things that, that I'm giving you on, on the podcast, sometimes there's downloads that you can get from my website about different topics. Like this past month in November, I did a challenge on Instagram to use gratitude season on yourself. What are those things inward? What are those things about me that I'm grateful for? And I have a download on my website that it's pretty and you can print it off and take some notes. So um, go to wethrive.live, pop in your email address and every once in a while, I've got some cool stuff in there that I think you'll appreciate, but you'll immediately get whatever downloads there for now. And um, once a month, we send some other cool stuff out. So I think you might want to do that. Instagram's a great place too. We do little challenges and fun stuff like that. Plus you can just follow along with whatever other antics are going on in my life with dogs and woods and kids and whatevs. All right. I love this podcast. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy because, hold, wait, I'm going to tell you what. This is my connection. This is my relay team. (laughs) Me handing off information to you. And if you sign up to get stuff from me, you can, you can message me back and say, Hey, I'd like to have more of this, or this would help me. Or if you follow me on Instagram, you can slide into my DMS in a good kind of way <laughs> and say, Hey, what about this? Or, or I could use more help with that. That's one of the only things about being an entrepreneur is it's kind of lonely sometimes. And I've got great business partners that I work with that, that give me that connection, but connection with you, the people that I'm creating books, like write your own story and downloads and podcasts. I'm, I'm always thinking about you when I'm creating things. And if it's not serving you, then I've dropped the baton and I don't want to do that because I don't want to lose. And I want you to trust me. (laughs) So I'd love for us to have those ways that we can connect 
drop your, drop your email in. I promise not to spam you and be weird. Put you in one of those weird, like cycles of hell that you can't get out of. Like I am when some of my, oh my gosh, I have unsubscribed from express clothing store 8,450 times, but you know, I still keep getting them. So I won't do that to you. (laughs) And I just love it. Appreciate when you respond and tell me how things are going. All right, y'all. I hope that you make it a great, great day. I'm not coming down. I never liked it on the ground. I'm not coming down. I want to go higher, higher, higher. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And then go to wethrive.live. First thing you'll see is a place to drop your email And join the movement. I'll send you tools that you can use to thrive in life and business. Hey y'all, fun fact. If you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian. And I would love it if you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music. My personal favorite is TV Land. I'm not coming down.